Well, here's a listener question. How can I serve others when I'm not smart enough to get into graduate school? Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, welcome in. You're listening to the 48 Days Radio Show, where each week we take 48 minutes to dive into real-life questions about finding your passion, deciding what kind of life you want to live, and then finding or creating work that allows you to show up every day. Excited to be able to do something that's meaningful, fulfilling, and yes, profitable. Don't need to sacrifice for that. In fact, you should not sacrifice for that. Our business partners today are Casper Mattress and FreshBooks. Now, I started off giving you kind of that provocative question there. How can I serve others when I'm not smart enough to get into graduate school? We'll be looking at that. Other people who perhaps were not smart enough or smart enough not to go to graduate school, I'll review a look at it. Here's some other questions we're going to be unpacking. Dan, I've worked ridiculously hard to face and resolve my fears, but at 40, I'm still struggling. I would like to leave my job and work full-time on my side projects, but being realistic, at what point should I leave my job? Dan, in the webinar recently, you mentioned a woman who got into voiceover work and last year grossed $106,000. Can you connect me with her? Well, yeah, I'll do that. I'll tell you how to get in touch with her because we get that question from a whole lot of people after last week's webinar. And how about this? Dan, I'm happy to be the first blind person taking the new online 48 days course so that I can let you know if there's anything that can be adjusted to make things even more accessible. Golly, I love that. No complaints, no whining, no pointing fingers, just, Hey, I'm blind, but I'm going to do this and then I'll help you make it better. Wow. What a, what a gift. Here's one. Dan, will you sponsor me to have a fun 48 days vacation? Now it wasn't worded quite like that. I'll play you the audio clip and you decide what he's asking. And then this, if we if we got time, we'll get to this. Are you making me hate my job or more precisely you, Michael Hyatt, Pat Flynn, and all the others whose podcast I listen to and blogs I read? The question being, is ignorance bliss, really? Is it better not to know the possibilities than to know new possibilities and not be willing or able to act on them? Well, we do have good news and more questions, obviously. As you know, here's our poem from our buddy Cliff Feitner, who every week adds more and more poems. This is the one for today. There are many who think it's a rule to get a degree from an accredited school, but much formal learning may not get you much earning, but make you an educated fool. I love that. Well, and here's a quotation. Got a quotation today from John Maxwell, leadership guru, former pastor. He says, if you don't, he says, if you say you don't have the resources to invest in yourself, you have a scarcity problem. You don't have an income problem. You have a thinking problem. I don't believe enough in myself to invest in me. Wow. That's been a recurring theme. I'm developing a presentation I'm going to be doing at Jeff Goins Tribe Conference about the power of investing in yourself. But I'm excited about real life examples that I've experienced. My gosh, I invested $15 in the little audio 
recording, 33 and a third record, one of those little records with a little hole in the center. When I was just a kid, when I was 13 years old, 15 bucks, you know, I went back and checked how much money that is in today's dollars. It's $136. So not a small sum for a 13 year old farm kid who is making his income by selling sweet corn at the side of the road for 30 cents a dozen. But I go through what that has led to. And it's pretty phenomenal. It's pretty exciting for me. And I hope it'll be inspirational to the people to be listening, but how that one little investment, the doors that I'd opened up, and then a whole lot of others as we move through time as well. Well, i got a lot of resources for you next Thursday, and depending on when you're listening to this, I mean, that's going to be September 14th. We're going to have a webinar, Finding Work You Love in 48 days. So if you just go to the 48days.com site, you can see it right there at the top. There's a banner. You can register. It's a free training. I'm going to be walking through again, up to date things that are happening in the workplace, how you can take advantage of those rather than feeling victimized by those things you can do to in fact, put yourself in the driver's seat that quickly. Well, I want to talk to you about a couple of our business partners today, Casper Mattress being one. You know I'm a big fan. This is not just something that I just give lip service to here. We love our Casper Mattress. Yes, Joanna and I sleep on a Casper Mattress. Our guests, if they're lucky, will be in one of the rooms with a Casper Mattress as well. But uh, we've, we put a high priority on what we sleep on. And this is not just, uh, you just check out for a few hours and you're back at work. No, we are very intentional about what it looks like, the colors used, sounds, smells in our bedroom to make it a very, very special place. We've never had a TV in our bedroom. We don't have any kind of a, any kind of sound equipment in our bedroom. It's not for listening, looking at the news or anything. It's for other things that are way more important than that. But we also are very, very particular about our mattress. And we have a Casper. Now, you know, the Casper is engineered. It's at a shockingly fair price. It has that uh, design that features a marriage between foam layers and ideal firmness, just the right sink and just the right bounce. I think it's a very affordable price. They sell directly to consumers rather than going through stores. So it cuts out one layer of middleman. It makes a lot of sense. You can buy it much cheaper. There's a hundred night trial with free, no hassle return. If you're not happy, they've got over 20,000 reviews, average of 4.8 stars, quick of becoming the internet's favorite mattress. That and a whole lot more. And I love what you see when you go to this site. If you go to casper.com slash sleep you love, you see a little welcome. Welcome 48 days to the work you love listeners. I love having that there. So if you go to casper.com slash sleep you love and then use the code sleep you love at checkout, that'll get you a $50 toward your mattress. Well, hey, I also want to tell you about the people at FreshBooks. They make ridiculously easy cloud accounting software for freelancers, solopreneurs. It doesn't matter. Even if you are working for somebody else, I was working with a young lady this week who's an attorney, but she's developing a side business. 
And so she, as we were working through a coaching session, quickly pulled up fresh books that told her exactly what she's made this year so far in her side business, which is really, really cool. Now you can do that, certainly keep track of your own income and expenses so you can see that quickly, which is important. Keep yourself on track, especially if you do have a side business like that. You can send invoices that are clean, professional looking, and it takes, believe me, about 30 seconds to really just knock those out. And then you can see when they open it up. So, you know, there's, they, you know, if they've seen it. So it puts an end to the guessing game. Gee, did they see it? Are they just ignoring it? Well, FreshBooks also has support. You can ask questions. Their award-winning consumer service is amazingly helpful. Super friendly. No attitude. Plus a real live person usually answers in three rings or less. Now, to claim your month-long unrestricted free trial with no credit card required, go to freshbooks.com slash 48 days and enter 48 days in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Again, I hear more and more of my contemporaries, my peers who are using FreshBooks. It's the hot new thing out there. So again, just 48 days, go to, go to freshbooks.com slash 48 days and then enter 48 days in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Now, we always start off with some good news. You know, I get the updates from the Bureau of Labor Statistics every quarter about what's happening in our nation, what's happening in the United States in terms of employment. Well, there's really nothing but good news. I mean, the only bad news would be for employers who are desperately trying to get people to work and finding that they don't have enough workers. But the Non-farm, it's, it's interesting, the old terminology that Bureau of Statistics still uses, but the non-farm payroll employment increased by 156,000. So there were 156,000 new jobs, new people in work in August. That's just August. Of course, the unemployment rate stayed changed pretty much still at 4%, which is historically low. And, and what that means... I got to be careful about how I frame this because I know people who are out of work, but, but really with unemployment so low, I mean, Joanna and I joke about it when we go out. I mean, we count the signs, you know, we're hiring, you know, stop in now, apply now. I mean, it's just, it's just consistent. It's almost every business out there. And we see more and more, you know, airlines that are delaying flights because they don't have enough workers. Restaurants that you look in and half the restaurant is vacant and but they don't seat you. They keep you in a long line because they don't want you to sit there and not have servers to serve you. So they wait. But I mean, companies cannot get people to work as many as they need. So in, in essence, what I was going to say, and again, I have to say this carefully, but I think everybody uh, who wants to work is working. Because if you're not working, you can go out this afternoon and get three job offers. I'll I'll tell you about somebody that uh, got a cool job offer here in a little bit as we go through our good news anyway. But um, now th this is another issue with the Bureau of Labor Statistics. They track what they call marginally attached or discouraged workers. Now, this is the category that I think is an absolutely bogus term. Discouraged workers are people not currently looking for work because they believe no jobs are available for them. All right, now, what did I just say? I mean, you, you can't walk outside of your house without seeing signs for we're hiring now. 
mean, they're just everywhere, any kind of job you can imagine. There are companies that are looking for people like that. So I can't imagine the, the justification for being a discouraged worker, somebody who's not looking for work because they believe there are no jobs available for them. Nah, just not true. Incidentally, in August, the average hourly earnings now for all employees, this is in our country, all employees. So now this, we're not talking about people who are self-employed entrepreneurs and people, you know, like Elon Musk who are doing their own thing, but hourly earnings for all employees rose by three cents to $26.39. That's the average $26.39. Boy, what a country we live in. Well, let me go on to some other quick good news and then we'll get into some questions. Well, you know that coming out of the Hurricane Harvey in Texas, there's all kinds of just stories about good news, stories about people helping people, people forgetting about our religious denominational differences, political differences, ethnicity differences, racial differences. I mean, my gosh, you know, when, when there's a need, we forget about those things. We just all band together and are willing to help each other. It's beautiful to watch. Sad to see the devastation, no question about it, but beautiful to watch how people readily come together and help each other. Now, there was one bakery in Houston that is, it's El Bolillo Bakery in Houston. And they were working. There were four guys in there working a late shift when the water levels on the street became too dangerous. They couldn't leave. So instead of just panicking, they just started baking up a storm. Now, the bakery, which specializes in Mexican pastries and sweet treats, was able to stay relatively dry throughout the storm. They just couldn't get out because of the street and they had electricity. So they just got to work. These guys, these four guys, four Mexican guys just went to work making a pan dulce, which is a kind of Mexican sweet bread, all through the day and night. By the time they were rescued, now they were trapped. They couldn't leave. By the time they were rescued, they had used over 4,000 pounds of flour. Then they spent the next couple of days just distributing the bread they had made, the sweet treats, to emergency shelters around the city. Is that cool or what? Well couple other quick things here. You know, the band Metallica, now been around forever. Well, one of their founding members, Cliff Burton, who played bass guitar, was killed in a tour bus back in 1986. So what is that? That's a very long time ago. 86, 96, 96. So we're talking about 30 some years ago. All right. So the royalties from Metallica albums that they had produced prior to that time have been going to Cliff's 92-year-old father, Ray. So all this time, you know, people assumed, well, gee, that's nice to have that money. You know what he's been doing? He's been donating 100% of the Metallica royalties toward musical scholarships at Castro Valley High School students in the San Francisco Bay Area of California. That's where his son, Cliff, who was killed, attended when he was younger. So the dad just simply went on living his own life and all the royalties that came in. He's providing scholarships to other kids who are coming up through the school where his son went. Man, I mean, those stories, I mean, and especially the fact that it's been a secret for 30 years. I mean, that that's a pretty cool story to come out. Well, here, let me grab one more. Here's a fifth grader who treated all of his teachers to a nice dinner before moving on to middle school. 
Cody Dorch began furiously saving money for something back in October, doing extra chores, babysitting, doing random jobs for the neighbors, saving his Christmas and birthday money. His mom figured it was to buy another Xbox game or something like that. But this graduating fifth grade teacher had a plan for all of his elementary school teachers to thank them for all they had done for him before he heads off to middle school in Edmond, Oklahoma. Took him about six months, but he raised $200, and then he decided to treat his seven teachers. Now, he tracked them down. Some of them had moved on, but he decided to treat them. He made reservations at a nice restaurant, Interurban, and bought each one a rose, invited them, got them all together, gave them a little prepared speech, and confirmed that, yes, he would be paying for the entire meal. Is that a cool thing? Wow. I mean, it, the, his his dad's a teacher, so he sees all the hard work, extra work that his dad puts in. His mom's been very supportive. Cody's mom, Ashley, was so proud of her son. I acknowledged another aspect of the teaching professions. She says, these ladies did not just teach my child. They helped raise him to become who he is today. Here's a guy leaving fifth grade, and he throws a dinner, or he pays for it, saves up his hard-earned money, and pays to honor his teachers. That's a pretty cool deal. Well, this comes from the uh, 40 Days Eagles community. You know there's a lot of fun things happening over there. Jared Green, who is an active member there, says, listen listen to this. I just sealed the deal. This was just, uh, well, two days ago as I'm recording this. I just sealed the deal to a new and highly lucrative job. When I read Dan's 48 Days book, I wasn't sure I believed him about the fact that he believes that almost no one gets hired from job boards or, you know, advertisements for jobs. Well, I just accepted an offer from a large company and I never once saw a job opening advertised on their website or any other. In fact, they didn't even interview anyone else. To make the pot even sweeter and confirm another of Dan's beliefs, the job required someone with a minimum of a bachelor's degree in chemical engineering and several years experience. I do not have said degree, experience, or any college at all. I did, however, read several books, take on a volunteer opportunity for a month, and call every week to talk to the other guys in my new position so I could learn from them. The corporate office saw my experience and didn't want to hire me. The guys that I'm now working with practically demanded that they change their mind because they knew my lack of formal education was not going to stop me. Is that stinking cool or what? From Jared Green. He just took action created an opportunity that should not have existed for him. He didn't, they didn't, hadn't posted for an open position and he didn't have a degree that they require for anybody in that position. Doesn't matter. He applied, got to know the people that he'd be working with on a team. They vouched for him, begged for him to come on board. The company ignored their policies and he got hired. He says a new and highly lucrative job. Not sure exactly what that means, but sounds pretty cool. Hey, that's just one of the many things happening there in the 40 Days Eagles. We've got some, got some new fun things up. Now that we've been around for a few months, we've got a whole lot of things we can share with you that are happening inside. So we've got some inside look that you can do if you just go to 48dayseagles.com. Got some videos there of me, and we've got some inside look at some things happening in that exciting community. Check it out, 48dayseagles.com. Well, let me go to some questions here. This comes from Ashley. Now, this is the one that, check this out. She says, ever since I was a little girl, my desire has always been to serve children by one day being able to improve their health and to keep them encouraged. First, I wanted to become a pediatrician. 
but my high school counselor said it may be best to consider other careers because of my grades. In my sophomore year of college, I started to evaluate some of my childhood experiences and it pointed toward dentistry. Once again, I had a college mentor that recommended other careers because of my grades. I've considered retaking classes to apply for dental school. So I've worked as a histology technician and now a formulation chemist with an idea for a toothpaste. Also, also children's book idea. Not sure if everything is connecting to one clear path or is it all by coincidence? Please help. Well, Ashley, golly, let's go back to your original goal. This is where we can look at your vocation, your destiny, your purpose, your mission, your calling. If that is to help serve children by being able to improve their health and to keep them encouraged, let's just take that as it stands. That's a great statement. You want to help children, serve children by being able to improve their health, keep them encouraged. Okay, let's go with that. So that's your vocation. The next category down is career. What could you do as a career that would, in fact, embrace that? Pediatrician? Sure. Dentist? Sure. Is it limited to those? Not a chance. There are so many other things that you could do that would fully embrace your desire to help children improve their health and keep them encouraged. I mean, we could just go on and on. I mean, you saying that you're working on an idea for a new toothpaste. Wow, that could be revolutionary. I mean, I don't know what you're working on, but it sounds like it could be something really cool. Maybe change traditions that we're used to just because people, things have always been done the same way. Maybe change the way that kids get their toothpaste, make it more appealing to them to brush their teeth. I mean, I don't know. And those are things that aren't going to come specifically from being a pediatrician or being a pediatric dentist, either one of those. But let's just look at some of the people out there that are doing things that have benefited a lot of people. And they did not go to graduate school. They did not have a specific college degree that prepared them for what they did. Now, let me just give you some names here and we can just kind of brainstorm about the things that are open to you, even if you find that your grades don't allow you to get into a graduate school. I'm not sure what that means. You know, you may just not have an affinity for studying in the way that schools require. If you're real creative, if you can create experiences for kids, if you're going to create, you know, a hot air balloon that's going to, or if you're, well, as a matter of fact, Walt Disney, you know, if you're the next Walt Disney, Walt Disney dropped out of high school at 16. Has he, let's, let's just go back to your original premise here. Has he helped encourage kids? Now, I'm not sure you would say that he's improved their health. I don't know, but I think joy and happiness improves the health of children. I mean, think about the kids who have had that on their wish list as they're confronted with some kind of a terrible illness and their desire is to go to Disney World or Disneyland. Does it improve their health? Yeah, you better believe it. I think that it does. So I think that's a legitimate kind of connection. But we have people who have also not gone to college, whether they didn't have the ability, and a lot of them did not, and some of them simply did not choose to, I'm sure. But people like Steve Jobs, Richard Branson, Dave Thomas, founder of Wendy's, Rachel Ray, I mean, you know the fun things she does, David Green. My goodness, the guy's worth billions and billions of dollars, started Hobby Lobby. I mean, look at the way that that serves people well. Mark Zuckerberg, you could discuss that one all day long. Harrison Ford, Tom Hanks, LeBron James, Lady Gaga, Adele, Madonna, Billy Joel, Charles Dickens, Mark Twain, Ben Franklin, 
mean, Annie Byler, I mean, Annie Byler came from a big Amish family, and I'm familiar with her history. There were eight kids in the family. She, like her, all of her siblings, was encouraged to drop out of high school, which she did. And then she founded Auntie Anne's Pretzels. Now, she since has sold that, but uh, what an amazing success story. Debbie Fields, another one kind of in that same space, uh, never went to college. Vidal Sassoon dropped out of high school. Thomas Edison, and we know the stories there. His teacher sent him home with a note that he couldn't read, and the note said, essentially, your son isn't smart enough to be in school. You know, he just is better off to stay home. Well, his mom homeschooled him. Then he joined the railroad when he was 12 years old. Well, he went on to do some pretty fun things. Well, you can certainly do that as well. The fact that you can't into school is not a deterrent to accomplishing your calling at all. It just simply means those two things that are in a, come in a very structured way may not be available to you. Make a list of 20 other things that you could do anyway and move on. Well, this comes from, uh, let's, I'm, I'm going to change the name on this one. She says, as I appreciate your book and personal experience, I wonder if you can help me. I'm British, born into a cult environment with emotionally unavailable pa- parents. Entered an abusive marriage, moved to the U.S. at 18 years old. At 31 years old, I left the cult and my marriage, bringing with me my two children. The last nine years have been the hardest yet most rewarding in my life, turning our lives around against all odds. Finally, I now have a solid emotional foundation. My two children are in college. I graduated from massage school last Friday and take my license exam this coming Monday. Two interviews have already produced two job offers. I'm pleased. A massage is a job I enjoy, but it does not address other strong aspects of myself, of my creativity and an overwhelming desire to help people recognize their ability for change. Okay, let's let that sink in a little bit. So she feels limited and that massage is just something you do physically to people. More importantly, I'm recognizing a strong, overwhelming anxiety within myself when I start working toward helping people. And she goes on to try to understand, you know, what that comes from because of her own past. I worked ridiculously hard to face and resolve my fears. I've fallen and stood back up countless times. I want to move toward understanding and expressing my life purpose more fully and successfully. Do you recognize anything that I'm describing from your own experience? Do you have any pointers for me to move forward? Yes, I do, Brenda. Golly, how exciting that you just got your massage therapy degree your license going to take your license exam i'm sure you'll fly through that with flying colors wow now you you say that massage is a job you enjoy but it does not address other strong aspects of yourself creativity and that overwhelming desire you have to help people recognize your ability for change i would beg to differ joanna and i have a massage therapist her name is nanette she comes to our house every friday afternoon that's the way we end our week joanne Gets her massage at three. I get mine at four. We consider it to be a vital, vital part of our health process. And in addition, we consider Nanette to be a part of our family. She's way more than just somebody who massages our muscles. I mean, she can come in, walk behind me in a darkened room, put her hands under my neck. And she says, my gosh, Dan, what's going on with you? She can sense immediately if I'm stressed, if I have something going on, she finds those areas in my back and shoulders, you know, where there's tension and works on those. But she challenges me to change. 
She questions things that I'm doing that have to do with, with thinking attitudes, because those things are expressed physically in how I'm feeling. So she goes right for the heart of it. Just recently, she was checking my feet. She knows that I spend a lot of time on my treadmill in the morning. And she says, when's the last time you got new shoes for your walking? I said, geez, I don't know. No, that it's probably been a couple of years. She says, I want to see your shoes. So she pulled my shoes out of my closet, looked at the bottom of them. She says, goodness, Dan, don't ever wear these again. You need new shoes because of the way these are worn down. Now, those are all things from, and I did, I did. I, I actually got a pair of shoes. I took, you know, I hate going shopping, but I did. Joanna and I stopped in the other night. I got shoes. I set them on the back of my car, took a picture and immediately texted it to Nanette, our massage therapist. I mean, that's how she's involved in our lives. So I think you've got way more opportunity than you're giving yourself credit for by being a valued massage therapist. We certainly view it that way. We have a table at our house. We're spoiled, believe me, at having her come here. But uh, that's a very important part of our lives. And if you take that role, you can fulfill the other parts of what you want to accomplish in addition to just, you know, rubbing people's muscles. That's a very, very tip of the iceberg. Now, this comes from Matt. He says, recently I found and began listening to Ken Davis's podcast, The Art and Business of Public Speaking. In episode seven, he interviewed Dan and he's got an all caps, absolutely incredible. We talked about being a speaker. As a full-time speaker myself, it was just an incredible message for me at just the right time. I too am a farm boy, so being able to hear how Dan got his start was just fantastic for me. The free giveaway at the end of the podcast was how to make $150,000 a year selling your knowledge. However, I can't seem to find that link from Ken Davis's podcast. How can I get that information? Well, the reason I included that here, that question, I could obviously just shoot him a link, but it's because I get that question a lot. I did an interview with Michael Hyatt a couple years ago on how to make $150,000 a year selling your knowledge. It's Michael says it's the most listened, watched interview he's ever done. So I'll, I'll give you a link to that. Now you can find it really easily. I'll put a link in the show notes, but trust me, it's real easy to find. If you put in um, Michael Hyatt, Dan Miller, 150,000, any combination like that, it comes right up and there's a whole bunch of links to it. But there is a podcast where he interviewed me and uh, I'm not sure if you can get the video version of that or not. I think that perhaps was something that was inside Michael's podcast university. I mean, um, platform university. I'm not sure that's available, but, but the, the, the content is readily available and I'll put a link to that as well. This comes from David who says, Dan, I'm a 45 year old software engineer who loves his career, but currently it seems I can't continue working as an employee, too many politics and lately things are not going well for me. My wife recently started a Spanish language school for pre-K kids. The potential is great. I also have a software development company and have partnered with a friend at work in order to get government contracts and private sector contracts. Wow, I'd like to leave my job and work full-time on these projects, but being realistic, at what point should I leave my job? Should I do it once one of the projects pays the same I'm making now as an employee. All right. Well, you touched on something there, David, that I think is a good rule of thumb. You can create a formula for when you can leave your full-time job. Now, if your wife has started a Spanish-speaking school that's going well, you have your own software development company. Now, that's something where it's not going to be where you're just paid X number of dollars an hour. That's where you get a contract to produce 
you know, some new software and it can be very lucrative where you could in one contract negotiation, you know, duplicate the money that you may be earning as a software engineer. My rule of thumb is this, get your business started, your side business started, start to actually do the work. Don't just think about it. Don't just plan it. Actually get, start getting work where people are paying you money. And if in 90 days you can get to 50% of your current income where you're generating on an ongoing basis, 50% of your general, your ongoing income now, I'm saying, hey, make the move. Because if you see a trend that quickly, you know that if you invest the rest of your time in doing that, you can fill in the gap very quickly. So that's my rule of thumb. When you get to 50% of your current income and you see a clear trend, yeah, I mean, if it takes you, you know, a year to get to 50% of your income, uh, you may want to take a second look at how the business is growing. But assuming you can get there in 60 to 180 or in 90 to 180 days, yeah, I'd say you're on track to go ahead and move when you are at 50% and then just close the gap and make it happen. All right, this comes from Tim. Now, I had a whole bunch of questions. Last week, I did a live webinar on finding work you love in 48 days. Incidentally, I mentioned that earlier. You can, I'm doing that again on September 14th. Just go to 48days.com and you'll see the link. You can register. There's no cost. And I'm going to be adding more new content about what people are doing and what you can do to put yourself in the driver's seat and very quickly move right into your own work, whatever you want that to be. I am promoting the new online seminar that I mentioned earlier. I mean, that comes in the last 10 minutes of that webinar. So yeah, I'm going to be telling you about that, how you can get involved and really have that robust program to put you in the driver's seat. But I had a lot of people respond because I mentioned somebody who was a stay-at-home mom who last year grossed $106,000. Well, I checked this out to make sure we're okay because I didn't want to overwhelm Carrie, but she's fine with it. Here's the deal. You can go to Carrie's website. It's Carrie Olson. Carrie, Carrie and Derek Olson are the delightful young couple. I mean, they've been here to the sanctuary. She's the one. I told her story in that webinar. I'll tell it again on the 14th. But last year, she grossed $106,000 doing voiceovers from home. So she's full-time mom and was able to do that. If you go to her site, it's Carrie, C-A-R-R-I-E, Olson, O-L-S-E-N-V-O.com. Now I'll put a direct link to that in the show notes. And you know that our we have live timestamp on our podcast notes at this point. So you can just go to the podcast notes, find it there and just click on it. It'll be a live link. But it's Carrie Olson, V-O, voiceover, CarrieOlsonVO.com. She's got a free guide for getting started in voiceover. I mean, it's really beautifully done. It's a 31 page guide that guides you through how to submit a demo, where to list your services. I mean, how you can make it as a voice actor today. So she's very generous with that. So you can go there for all of you who are intrigued by that example. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, those are the kind of creative things that people are doing all over in the 48 days community. This comes from Chris. Now, Chris, Chris is the one who said, and I want, I'm going to, I'm going to go on to some other questions, so I won't go through this, but uh, Chris is the one who said, I am, let me find this right here. She's talking about, she's like, wants to take a new direction, whether it's a new job, developing other interests as a side job. And 
Well, I'm looking here. Okay. She says, I'm happy to be the first blind person taking this course so that I can let you know if there's anything that can be adjusted to make things even more accessible. Now she has really sophisticated software that can take books and instantly convert those to things that she can read, you know, PDFs and all that. So she's really up to speed, which I commend you, Chris, on being up to speed. But I love the fact that we've got the first blind person who is going to be going through the online 48 days seminar. And uh, that'll be very valuable. My goodness, I'd love to be able to share that with more people in that way. Okay, now I've got a an audio here. Now, I, I mentioned this earlier. I, I posed this as a question. You know, Dan, will you pay me for have a fun 48-day vacation? That's not the way the guy words it. But I want to play it. And I, I wanted to play it because I want you to hear the audio of this because there's some important lessons we can all learn from this audio. Check this out. Does anyone want to sponsor me to do 48 state capitals in 48 days on a $50 budget a day? That's it. That's the whole thing. All right. Now, I mean, I'm, I'm going to hit that again just because it's it's so short, but we can learn from this and I'll unpack this a little Does bit. Does anyone want to sponsor me to do 48 state capitals in 48 days on a $50 budget a day? Okay. So his question is roughly six seconds long and he's asking for somebody to sponsor him to visit 48 state capitals in 48 days on $50 a day. So let's see, investment-wise, 40, 50. So that would be $2,400. Is that right? Yeah, $2,400. Now here's, Stephen, th this is a great start. But as it is, it sounds like you're just asking for money to go have a great time. What would a sponsor get in return for that investment? I love this idea. I think you've really got the seeds of something here, but you're going to have to massage this idea to make it fly. I mean, what's this sponsor going to get? Are you going to be contacting local media at each capital? Is there an overall theme to your project? I mean, um, I, are people going to know a little bit of history about each state when each state joined the United States or who the first governor was or, or what the state bird is or flower? I mean, you could take a picture of yourself with the state flower in your mouth or something. Now, as far as sponsors, yeah, you better believe it. I mean, you could think about Tesla where you drive around the country in a Tesla or Taco Bell where you eat one meal a day there or Mapco because you're going to purchase your gas there. I mean, you could deliver a Subway sandwich to every current governor or take a picture of yourself knocking on the front door of every Capitol building, you know, or do a Facebook live of you uh, singing the state song. I don't know. Do states have songs? I, I know that in Tennessee, our national anthem is Rocky Top. I mean, I, I hear reference to that. I don't know if every state has a song or not. I don't even know if that's official, but I hear that. You know, so you've got to get creative about your approach, but can you do it? Absolutely. I mean, that's a cool thing. 48 state capitals in 48 days and $50, but there's got to be a reason, a creative reason for somebody to get involved with you. You got to make it fun and entertaining. And if you do, you'll have sponsors begging to be chosen. Let me give you a quick example. Peter Diamandis is, well, he's brilliant. 
he, he's absolutely brilliant. He's done so many things. I don't want to start listing them all, but he is the founder of X prize. So in 1994, he founded the X prize foundation. Now that came after the failure of the international microspace, but he offered this prize that would, it was, it was an incentive for somebody, private companies, you know, to, or a team, whatever, to be the first ones to go up into space. And I think part of the deal was uh, they had to go back up again in two weeks with the same aircraft. It was something like that. So he announced a $10 million prize for the first company to do that. Now, he, there were no teams that he knew of anywhere. And guess what? He didn't have the $10 million. He didn't have a penny for the purse. It didn't matter. He announced the X prize. The first team that would do that was going to get $10 million. Well, that immediately got the attention of a whole lot of people. I mean, that $10 million competition that he announced attracted 26 teams from seven countries really quickly. Now think about how this unfolded. Now he had, because it was so popular, there were so many people competing, so many people who wanted their name, their brand attached to all the excitement. Yeah, there was an Indian family that ultimately won the right to have to provide the $10 million. So it's called the Ansari X Prize. And that prize was in fact won by a team on October 4th, 2004. So think about that. That's, uh, that's eight years later that it was actually won. But in the meantime, all the buzz about that $10 million prize. And again, Peter Diamandis didn't have to put up a penny. He just created a project that was exciting and creative. And he's gone on now. I mean, he's got so many X prizes, a $10 million automotive X prize, $10 million Archon X prize, $30 million Google Lunar X prize, $10 million Qualcomm. I mean, he can put together anything that he wants to, and people are going to stand in line for the opportunity of having their name connected to it. That's what you do. And hey, that's what you do, Stephen. You can do that with your project, but you need to ramp up the creativity and excitement to make it a reality. Well, golly, let me jump in here while we're talking about that. Just a couple more here. Here's one that is interesting, to say the least. <laughs> well, you know, let me, let me think about this a minute before I do that. In the meantime, let me just pull up our music here just to remind you that, yeah, you're listening to Real Life Questions from 48 Days Listeners. If you got a question, you can shoot it in to me. Easiest way is just send it in to askdan at 48days.com. That's the easiest way to do that. You can also, like Stephen and others, you can go to any point on our website, 48days.com. You'll see a little microphone floating around there. You just hit that microphone. Your computer probably gives you access to just start leaving an audio question. And if it's something interesting like Stephen's was today, I'll play it here on the show. So check this out. This may be our last one here, depending on how much time I want to give this. Here, Roger says, are you making me hate my job? Or more precisely, you, Michael Flynn, Michael Flynn, great, Michael Hyatt, Pat Flynn, and all the others whose podcast I listen to and blogs I read. I'm a service engineer, and I spend two to eight hours a day in my car going from customer site to customer site. All right, check that out. Two to eight hours a day as part of his work. I listen to podcasts and audiobooks when I'm driving. I get all excited about the possibilities and ideas I have when listening. And when I think about my job, I hate it more and more. I work 55 to 70 hours a week. When I finally get home, I'm feeling too exhausted to do much of anything. 
On the weekends, when I finally get rested up, it's almost time to go back to work, and that frustrates me even more. Would I be better off not listening to the podcast and reading the blogs and books until I'm in a place where I'm not working so much? Wow. Talk about a catch-22. I mean, I love the juxtaposition that Roger's offering here, where it's he's excited about listening to podcasts like this and reading books and blogs. But then it gets him all excited about the ideas and he sees them as too out of reach to do anything. And so now he's more frustrated with his current job. I mean, what a conundrum to be trapped in. But the key is you're not trapped. You're not trapped. So what I would encourage you to do is, yeah, consider, continue to do what you're doing. I mean, you don't want to think that burying your head in the sand is a better alternative. I mean, we talk about ignorance is bliss, but I mean, we don't really believe that. I mean, we don't really want to be somebody who's not informed, who doesn't know about new opportunities and has no options for changing or improving their lives. I mean, that doesn't appeal to any of us. So you don't want to be in that position. So sure, go ahead and list 20 ideas for things that you could do. Now, I'm not talking about taking a lot of time to do that. You could do that, you know, in an hour. List 20 ideas for things that you know you could do that you could possibly develop that would be fun for you. And then carve out a three to four hour period of time on one weekend. You know, give yourself that, you know, lock yourself in a room, go to a cabin somewhere or whatever. Give yourself three or four hours to really go through and use as what you know about yourself. Use that as a filter. So you eliminate ideas based on what you know about your skills and abilities, your personality tendencies, your values, dreams, and passions. But knowing that, then narrow down to three or four ideas. So over the next 30 days, give yourself the luxury and the excitement will spur you on. Give yourself the luxury of doing a little more exploration in those areas. What are those things that you really do want to go a little bit deeper? And in doing so, when you explore a little bit deeper in those three or four areas, create a plan for one just choose one, create a plan. Then even once you have a plan on a particular idea, even if you're tired, believe me, you're going to find energy you didn't know you had. And you can start to develop that idea on the side. And as we talked about earlier in the show here today, get something up and running where you actually have customers and are generating income. When you're doing that, if you can do that in a very quick period of time, where in 30 days you are generating 50% of your current income, boy, you just created an exit plan. You can make that work. You can waltz out of that and be on your way. Well, I've seen it happen too many times to be content to settle for less. Man, I love your question. I love the idea that you know you're making yourself more frustrated right now that's simply because you haven't clarified what the what you're going to i mean knowing what you're going from will leave you in that frustration knowing what you're going to will give you the boldness enthusiasm and energy to make it happen all right hey just a quick recap here you can tell by the soft music we're out of time but you know that there are a lot of paths to success formal schooling is only one tiny road to that success. I'm putting in the show note the link to Carrie Olson, who did voiceovers. She's once had amazing success. A lot of people are interested in that. I'm going to link that to you. You can get her free guide, connect with her. She'll help you if you do the work. And I'll put a link in how to make $150,000 
this year by selling your information, the interview that Michael Hyatt and I did. Need to, need to do a new one on that. As a matter of fact, I got a new idea I'm going to present to Michael about a new interview we can do that I think will be a lot of fun as well. And yes, you can do a fun project and have people sponsor you if you're creative and make it fun. Well, hey, and our call to action for today is jump on a seminar, the webinar that I'm going to be doing Thursday, September 14th. We're going to have a lot of fun with that. We'll do a lot of interactive things. I want to know who you are and what you're doing now. But September 14th, just go to 48days.com. You can see it as a banner there. You can just register right there. You can go to 48days.com slash 48dayswebinar and get more of the details there. But either way, uh, we'd love to see you there. Join us for that. We'll have fun with that and give you some new ideas to unlock new opportunities, new roads to your own success that's sitting out there waiting for you. Well, thanks for being part of this audience where we are, in fact, finding or creating, and you know a lot of it is the creating work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable. Don't settle for less.